Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Sunday edition of The Wrap right here on the Fike Media Network on YouTube. Happy almost Monday to you all as we recap the highs and lows from WWE NXT Vengeance Day going down live tonight in Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right handy, sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner. I bring to you back on the YouTube feed And, you know, at the Warrior Rumble last Saturday, he was a little bit salty. That was a rarity for him. But back on YouTube tonight, he is Perky Scott Young. Welcome back, Perky. Thank you for having me, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I know you may see me with the green on, but that's what happens when 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 you take a little bit of a team you beat. We took a little bit of them Celtics. And I decided to wear a little bit of that green right here. So I'm just, you know, just I'm just I'm living I'm living life. Saw the old man clamp up Jalen Brunson. Now I got to see a great show. Got to see Shaq and Kobe. And then, you know, you finally saw Kobe turn on Shaq. It all happened. <laughs> that many basketball analogies in 30 seconds is very impressive. And you're trolling in green because the Lakers went into TD Garden on Thursday night without AD, without LeBron, and they beat the best team in the East, the Boston Celtics? Shout out to AR-15. Um, shout out to Jackson Hayes as well. Strong game there. It just, you know, I love the production that you get. I just wish we got they, – they were obviously playing for their jobs. I mean, that's clearly what that was. That was an audition. That was a tryout. That's why mm-hmm. Bron and AD were sitting now as a tryout. Um, so, yeah, and I thought the tryout went really well. It did. Very impressive victory, must say. And then on Saturday night, you know, we did not record the rap for today because we're doing it for this show, a very special show, Vengeance Day. But the Lakers were playing the New York Knicks at the Garden. And sure enough, once again, the Lakers won another key game against one of the best teams in the East and the NBA who had a league best record for the month of January. But Scott has doubled down, beating Boston and the Knicks in back-to-back settings in 48 hours. And he's bragging now more than ever, heading into the All-Star break in a couple of weeks. I'm just saying LeBron runs the East. Nothing's changed. He just doesn't play over there anymore. Nothing's changed. He still runs the East. You know what I mean? Like, nothing's changed. And, And as far as his record in playoffs versus the East, his series record is one and out. You know what I'm saying? Lakers beat the Heat. That's it. He's one and out. So he still runs the East. Yes, he runs the East, does not run the rest right now because the rest nope. is very competitive. We have like two teams tied for first, Thunder, Timberwolves, Clippers, and number three. 
a game back. We got the Nuggets half a game back as well. So it's very tight for the top four after that. It's the Kings, the Suns, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Lakers are in the ninth spot, 26 and 25, 6 and 4 in their last 10 above 500. And my Warriors, 21 and 25. Four and six in their last 10. And even though I'm an ATL lover, Steph put up 60 against the Hawks and lost on Saturday as well as the Hawks are on a four-game winning streak. A good time to get on one heading to the All-Star break in a couple of weeks as well. Nobody cares. You know what? (laughs) It's the Hawks. You know what? You don't have to low rate the Hawks because at least they're like in the playing situation for right now. They clawed into the 10th spot. You're right. You're right. You know, and they can get better. You're very rude. You're rude. You're not going to be doing that. Stop it right now. I feel the trolling from here, but we're trying. Okay. Four in a row. All love. All love. Yeah. Impressive enough. But enough NBA talk. Let's table that discussion as we get into what is arguably the biggest story of the weekend for WWE. So normally we do the wrap on Monday mornings and this would be the lead story, but we're going to talk about it right now before we get into our vengeance day recap. So on Friday, it was decision day for our warrior rumble winners, Bailey, who I love, who we all love here on this show made her decision after she found out that damage control was talking a little bit of trash behind her back for months and she knew what they were saying in Japanese and she spooked them all because she said, y'all don't believe in me. You think I can't do this. You think that I can't challenge EO. You think I can't beat her. I got news for you. Damage control finally jumped Bailey, but she fought back with a lead pipe, beat everybody's ass, and she is challenging EO Sky for the women's championship at WrestleMania. Very happy for Bailey. Great decision. Love the emotion in her promo. Babyface Bailey is back, and I am here for it, Scott. Yeah, this is a great crowd reaction. This definitely has a case to close a night, especially with what's going on. Uh, right now and kind of what's in the air i i thought the way they played this up was was really nice i love bailey speaking in japanese to him um let her let him know hey i'm i know what's going on so that that was nice i you know i do wonder what we're gonna get as far as wrestlemania i don't i don't full on want the hugger you know but i do wonder what the next version of bailey is gonna look like Me too. I'm looking for the next evolution. She has been a heel for, what, over five years now. And I think that a new layer as a babyface is sorely needed. I don't want to hug her back necessarily either. But I do want her to be able to just find herself as a babyface. The fans have been ready to cheer her for a very long time. We saw that at the Warrior Rumble in Tampa last Saturday, how much they wanted her to win, and she did. So I think this is going to be great for her heading into WrestleMania season. And I do agree with you. Due to the dynamics changing regarding CM Punk's injury that we have yet to talk about on this show, that... Yeah, she could main event a night of WrestleMania and it will be deserved and she will complete what has been already foretold that all four horsewomen will main event a WrestleMania. I I mean, if we're we're keeping it a buck right now, like Roman's the biggest guy, but he's not on he's not on SmackDown every week. Damage control has been really holding it down on SmackDown every week. Like they 
They can main event SmackDown. They can have multiple segments throughout the show, have a storyline thread throughout the show. Uh, we've seen it multiple times. We've seen it uh, for EO Sky's title defenses as far as, you know, Bailey having trying to make sure everything goes according to plan or figuring out a plan or attacking somebody backstage. So we've seen them carry the show. And, you know, it's not even a, a here here's a reward. It's more so like, there's been a lot of time and, and, and energy invested into the story. Now let's see the big payoff because Bailey pinning EO is going to get a great reaction. And I, I'm fully confident in these two putting on a classic. Like I, I think these two could have a genuinely great match. I don't know if it'll quite hit Rhea Charlotte levels, but I definitely think we could be talking uh, Bianca Oscar levels as, as far as that. I think it could be a great match. I agree in terms of drama, in terms of how the match will be laid out, if it's in the main event especially. It will be a classic, I do believe. And Damage Control has come a long way since their debut nearly two years ago. It's a fully realized idea now that you have the right people in place. And I cannot wait to see what Dakota Kai is going to do because she has been whispering behind Bailey's back as well. She's no innocent in this. She was not on the scene for the beatdown on Friday Night SmackDown, but I expect to be back very soon. And I think that she will be a stopgap to be Bailey's opponent heading into WrestleMania as a way to get to Eo Sky at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, if, if if she's even able to wrestle. And, you know, if she's not, she could just be, you know, stuck in between the whole time. And then she eventually joins up with damage control and it's all the numbers. And, you know, Bailey's got to get some type of backup. But, you know, that's where the the Shotzi, the Mia or the Meechin, the Mia Yim. That's where people like that's going to come into play as far as even in the odds. But, um, you know, one one thing I am looking forward to is the redemption show. You know, one thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffle as far as the story goes, which I hope doesn't get lost here, is the redemption. And I liked when guys like Seth Rollins, when he first turned babyface after that long heel run, he had a lot of people to go and talk to like, Hey, I know I did you wrong. You know, this, you know, we, we, can we be good and all that? I like when he long time heels have to kind of atone and baby faces are a little hesitant to start teaming up with them. People were like that with Kevin Owens at first. So I, I hope that's kind of the story that we get with Bailey as well. Yes. She's made a lot of enemies. Same as Kevin Owens did the same as Jey Uso did as well. Had to earn mm-hmm. some forgiveness along the way. Same with Sami Zayn, too. Like, when you've done wrong, it takes a while for people to trust and believe in you again. I can see that for Bianca Belair, for example. Like, Bailey, you put me through a lot, girl. Can I forgive you fully? Maybe. Same with Becky as well. Same with Naomi. So there's a lot of areas to go into this with Bailey's redemption arc in order for her to find some friends again. Because you don't want people just to team up with her to say, hey, we got your back when she has done a lot of damage control. Every pun intended across both divisions over the last couple of years or so. And, and you know, I, I, this could be me just I, not thinking, you know, not having a great game plan. But, you know, if you Jade is somebody who is still pretty neutral. So you could have Bailey go and ask Jade for help. She's not somebody who she's done wrong yet. So there would be a reason for that connection. And then as far as who else you could get it, you don't have anybody else. But I think, you know, if if Jade, if you don't have a big singles match for her, maybe going after the tag titles or something like that. I know people want her versus Bianca. Um, and I'm I'm cool with that. But, you know, I, I just think there are people you can still go to for Bailey. 
uh, as far as even in the odds for the numbers game. And I, I don't want Oscar uh, and Kyrie to get left out. And I hope they have a match on the card as well. Me too. Looking forward to how they all get all those cards in a row heading into WrestleMania. But love that angle. And it's just like a marinated sauce situation as we get to the main angle from SmackDown on Friday because Cody Rhodes, the 2023 and 2024 Men's Warrior Rumble winner, had a decision to make as well. And we knew he was going to pick Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, presumably night two in Philadelphia, something we've been talking about for over a year on this show as to how will Cody finish his story. We thought it was going to happen at last year's WrestleMania in L.A., but now it's been delayed until this year's WrestleMania. And Roman comes out and he ethers his friend, his brother, little bro, Seth Rollins, basically telling him your money ain't like mine. My schedule ain't like yours for a reason. And you don't really run stuff around here. I'm the guy. I'm the one with the championship. Everybody covers and wants. He was just going in on Seth. Love the bars that Roman was dishing out to his boy. And then we have Cody come out. And he goes into what happened last year saying, I had you beat. He wanted to dismiss Roman's guys and Paul and Solo and Jimmy took a leave. And he basically said, my goal is to not only finish the story, but I want to take everything from you, from your family to your championship, to your title as tribal chief and as champion. I want it all, but it's just not going to happen at WrestleMania. And then he takes a pause and then on cue, the fans stand up before the music even hits. And sure enough, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson coming out to a great ovation in Birmingham, Alabama. He makes his way down to the ring, goosebumps on his arms. And you can see the absolute pain on Cody Rose's face as he cedes the room to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He is not a happy man to make such a sacrifice. He walks up the ramp, walks backstage, looks dejected and heartbroken. And then the show ends with Cody leaving and Roman and The Rock having a face-to-face -face confrontation. And we have a splashy graphic saying press event going down to Las Vegas, Nevada, heading your way on Peacock this Thursday, 7 Eastern. And, you know, in the moment, in the moment, if you're in Birmingham, Alabama, and you see The Rock in your town, and you haven't seen this guy in your city in decades. You're excited, and you are ecstatic. And then reality sets in that what WWE built up just six days ago is not going to happen. You hit the Twitter streets. Everybody's upset. You go on YouTube when they posted the video. It is the most disliked video WWE has ever published on YouTube. You have a We Want Cody campaign trending worldwide this weekend on X. You have numerous outlets saying this was a bad decision by WWE. There's articles saying that Dwayne The Rock Johnson had to save this year's WrestleMania because of CM Punk's triceps injury. There's a lot at play here, and the backlash has been fierce. Even at house shows this weekend and tonight for Vengeance Day, anytime The Rock was shown on screen for that press event, he was booed. His daughter was booed as the new NXT general manager. It is getting very grimy, and we'll see how it goes. Will WWE pivot? Do they hear what's going on? Is this an elaborate storyline that has many layers to it? I do not know. But we talked about this on the show as a possibility. And at first, I was like, it's whatever, because I thought that would be the direction if The Rock said he was ready for it. 
if that was the case, have him win the Warrior Rumble. I would not be upset at all. But the fact you had Cody win back to back, he picked the he picked Roman Reigns, and now he's decided to say, "Hey, I'm going to give that up. Let the Rock handle it. I guess I'll pick Seth, who I've beat three times already. But whatever. It really creates a situation where." It's Daniel Bryan, 2014, all over again, and The Rock is Batista. So I, I disagree with the with the part about The Rock being Batista, in in that The Rock, The Rock, it seems like very much forced this, or at least was like, "Yo, this is what we're gonna do. This is what it is, and this is what we're gonna have." Batista was just doing what he was told. Batista came back and was like, "Yo." What you want me to do? That's what we'll do. You know, I I think it's very tone deaf. I understand that you only get rock Roman. You know, that's that that genuinely is a once in a lifetime type match. And I 100% understand you only get that one time and it should be done at WrestleMania. Um, Then you don't have Cody make the decision. You know, he he has it up in the air, but you can't you can't just sweep that away from him. And, you know, I do think you're right about the Daniel Bryan aspect and that we could very easily start having some, you know, Cody takeovers. Um, I, I think it's I think it'd be a very, very dangerous game to play. Uh, Rock and Roman, you could easily have a Brock Lesnar Goldberg type reaction uh triple h roman reigns roman reigns undertaker type reaction roman reigns he's got some history in the wrestlemania main events not getting the reaction that he wants there are ways i mean we we are where we are right now right so we get the triple threat you know cody and, and cody's in it long as cody wins he comes out okay he's either pinning the rock which is still a, a it's not a bad thing I don't think anybody would be upset if they were told, hey, you're going to pin The Rock today at WrestleMania, you know, regardless <laughs> of the match. I don't think anybody would be like, ah, I don't know about that one. Uh, we got we to gotta go back and think about that one. So he's pinning The Rock. So I, I long as he's pinning The Rock, and I, I think what we need to see is, because regardless of the online reaction, if we keep getting reactions like that every time The Rock shows up and has a face-to-face, then this is what we're going to get. Like, we need to see what happens when The Rock is in the ring with Cody Rhodes, you know, next time. Or the next time the Cody Rhodes is just in the ring, like, is it going to be like, F you, Rocky Chance, or, you know, you're, you know, we want you or something like that. Like, that's what we need to see, especially when The Rock goes back in the ring. And I am curious to see what type of reaction him or Roman Reigns get the next time they're in the ring. Yeah, this is very dicey. I hope that The Rock is very self-aware about what's going on. This is not a popular decision he has made and thinking he has to save WrestleMania. And what's crazy to me is the fact that WrestleMania tickets have been on sale since November, correct? And they've sold 50,000 tickets apiece for both nights. WrestleMania was not struggling in the ticket sale department. And WWE, unlike many years ago, is rich in depth with talent that can more than carry WrestleMania's night one and two. The Rock, I love you. I have admired your work for years. You're one of my favorite wrestlers ever. With all due respect, 
This was a power-hungry move by you to think that only you can save WrestleMania. Actually, no. We don't need you for this year's WrestleMania. We have a comparable main roster of talent that can carry WrestleMania. If you want to do a show at Roman, do it at SummerSlam. Pick a Saudi show, pick next year's WrestleMania. This was Cody's moment. And the fans were here for it. Yes, was it predictable? Yes. But you know what? It was a story built up for nearly a year to get back to where we needed to be for this is WrestleMania. For The Rock to think, let me put on my cape and let me come to the rescue at the 11th hour due to an injury? You're not reading the room. And if you are on that board now, read the reactions of the people. Listen to what they're responding to in arenas and you're not there. The next time you step foot in an arena for a WWE show, you will hear it. And Cody was already incredibly over as a babyface. He's going to be more over now. What's ironic about this is that Cody Rhodes is going to replace The Rock as the people's champion. But again, though, if if The Rock comes out and he still gets that type of ovation and there's no backlash when he's there that that and then it's not going to matter like you have to have that backlash when he's in the ring when he's having that face to face like let's say Cody Rhodes is going off like oh you know I can't believe the rock took my spot and all this and that was my spot and you know what I'm changing and here comes the rock out and they have a face to face and the crowd's just going nuts that that's and then that's what you're going to get you know what I mean like and that's what happens when the rock comes out like, unless we get a Roman Reigns Royal Rumble type experience where Roman, man, this guy and these reactions, a Roman Reigns type experience, you know, where that was the only time I really ever remember people turning on The Rock. We're going to keep we're going to stay course because The Rock is still commanding the attention and the 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 reaction from the crowd. His first appearance in front of people is going to be a big test. And all I can tell you is that once upon a time, 21 years ago, The Rock, when he went Hollywood, these fans resented him and hated him for a time. And he had to flip and turn heel. He can do that. Very doable. These fans have flipped on him before, so it's not unprecedented. We'll see when he first comes out there again how it's going to go. I personally think he's going to get booed out the building. His music will hit, Mm. but I think that the backlash I have seen this weekend just goes beyond Twitter. This is hitting live events now. His music can hit, sure enough, but they know what this is. And when the fans know what this is, oh, they don't care who you are. You're going to get booed. Okay. No, I, and I, I agree with you. I, I do think that first reaction, uh, him showing up, it's going to be very, very telling. But uh, it's nothing but a good thing for Cody. And, you know, I, I look at it this way. If this is, if this is what, what happens, if this is the direction that we go and this is the move that we make, and so be it. You know, I, I, you know they've done worse things than give me Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania. You know, like at the end of the day, they've done so much. Like the WWE have given me so much worse matches than Roman versus the, the Rock at WrestleMania. Like, but 
I, I do I do just think like it's it's just mind boggling the timing of all this that you would just do this when Cody is just now not just now, but he has fully gotten all the momentum back. The, the the him pointing emphatically at Roman at the Royal Rumble was so well done. And then you just you just cut his legs from under him. But yeah, that those next reactions and, and appearances are gonna be very telling. Yeah. And for The Rock, like I said before, like if you you can't sneeze at a main event between Rock and Roman, but at the same time, The Rock is 50 something years old. And the last two times he's main evented a WrestleMania against John Cena, he got hurt. So, Dwayne, if I'm thinking about my health and my well being, I would prefer Cody in the damn match to protect my body. You know, I don't want to be working out there 20 something minutes and I tear something again. So I would like to have that cushion of somebody that can also be a ring general to cover for my shortcomings in my 50s. But he wants to be the big bad hero. He wants to be the guy to save us, Scott, because WrestleMania, it was flailing. God, it was crumbling like the Liberty Bell. It was crashing. But here he is to save the day like Black Adam. Good for him. Yeah, good for Black Adam. <laughs> I just want to shout out Jeremy Finestone, who's in the chat. And we talked about Bailey earlier. And Bailey can get new friends with stardom imploding and Rosie Agawa leaving. Yes, stardom is going through some things. If you thought 2024 was off to a hell of a start, this stardom news, whoo. But don't worry about it. Scott E. Wrestling, our guy, is going to have it covered and he's going to talk about it because this is seismic. There's rumors about Rosie going to WWE. We don't know about the nature of his departure from stardom. But Bailey could get a Joshi crew that could compete with Damage Control very, very soon. But holy shit, what a bombshell on a Sunday night. I... 2024 man this is gonna be uh this is gonna be a this is the in, in all seriousness these last this year and i think last year and the year the year before i think these are years that we are genuinely going to be talking about um like decades down the road like this is just the the movement that's going to be happening the big names it's just and like the big names that are going to be going to you know broadcast national uh, promotions and stuff like this is going to be there's going to be a lot of big movement this year it's going to be a crazy year man i'm excited me too dave Meltzer, like dude you got three year books to write 2022 2023 2024 stacked moments of people leaving coming leaving again people getting fired people getting possibly charged with many crimes and felonies so yeah these next yearbooks for the early 2020s it's gonna be something but yeah it's a crazy 2024 already and it's gonna get crazier heading into wrestlemania season but it's now time to dive into last night's, or shall I say tonight's, NXT Vengeance Day going down live in Clarksville, Tennessee. I thought this was a very good PLE for NXT. They begin their road to stand and deliver. And Scott, you know, I was paying attention to the graphic, advertising stand and deliver as I try to imitate Pretty Deadly. And I saw the start time for this show. For Saturday, April 6th, you know what time stand and deliver is starting? 
it's probably not going to be at a time where I'm actually standing up and ready to deliver <laughs> anything. I could, the way you talk, the way you hype in this stuff, it's probably not going to be one of those times. Now, historically speaking, you know, the last couple of years, they've done the show Saturday at one o'clock PM Eastern. That's mm. a, a, a nice hour. You know, that's right between lunch and brunch and you get to eat something, you know, you get to relax with your family, like a little precursor for WrestleMania. Oh, no, 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 no. Not this year. They're going to start this show at 1130 a.m. 1130. Yes. Not 11. Not 11. Not 12. What they doing with what? What do they need the extra 30 minutes to do? <laughs> or the 90 for that matter. Just start. Just at 1130. You, 10 o'clock? We can't just go at 10 o'clock? Like, what exactly? I, actually, I'm, I'm really thrown off by the 30. What? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what you need the extra 30 minutes for. I, I'm I'm so thrown off by 11.30. It's the weirdest start time. So I guess we're going to look, get ready to leave by two on the dot. I, it's just weird. I don't think I've ever even set my alarm clock for 11.30 at any point in time in my life. Don't think I've ever woken up at 11.30. I don't think I've ever looked at the clock and said, oh, it's 11.30. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start the when's the pre-show 10 15 10 20 when when's the pre-show 10 25 like, what, what are we talking about right now like what 11 30 in the morning if you're running the same venue wells fargo for smackdown and the hall of fame ceremony these fans are going to be tired as hell because you got to go home, get up, what, around 8, then get to the arena by, what, 9.30, 10, sit down, get your seat, and get ready for a show at 11.30 a.m. in the morning. That's insane. That's like a, yeah, the only thing more random than those times is a late-night talk show. Yes. Especially after a sports game. Like, that's that's crazy. I, I don't know, man, what, what, whatever, as far as Walker got going on over there, his time frame, whatever, dude, I don't, I, I can't guarantee you I'll be watching that one live. 1130. I got kids. I can't, I got kids. It's 1130. I, I can't even put nobody down for a nap at 1130. <laughs> 1130 that's not even late enough in the day to put somebody down for a nap it ain't early enough to get to be eating breakfast like what kate 11 stand and deliver everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And what's even funnier is... Rants about time frames. 
time frames suck you know i'm just offended by all of this i'm like what the hell but we're gonna cover it somehow some way we don't know when it's gonna be a very long weekend but 11 30 a.m will be the start time for sand and deliver real talk it should have been on thursday to kick off wrestlemania weekend and just be done with it but oh no let's do a show hours before wrestlemania at 11 30 in the morning okay yeah, I agree. should have just did it on Thursday and ran it throughout the week. Give them NXT uh, boys and girls a little time off. Let them enjoy the weekend. Exactly. Now they got to rush and wash up and then travel to the stadium. It's a lot, but they'll they'll make it. But 1130 is a big ask. But enough of us talking about this weird time slot for stand and deliver. Let's get into last night's Vengeance Day, going down live in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thought it was a very good show. We got the turn we've been waiting for for the last several months, but let's kick things off with the finals of the 2024 Men's Dusty Cup, and it was the team of my favorite team in WWE today, the Wolf Dogs, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker versus Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Good match, but there were some blown spots and Braun Breaker almost broke his neck because his speed almost got the best of him. He had a Nathan Fraser moment when he ran the ropes and his neck got caught between them, but he recovered nicely, got back in the swing of things. But I just saw for moments in this match, the ropes weren't cooperating. We had slippages. We had some botched spots. Even Wade Barrett asked, hey, are these standard regulation ropes they're using tonight? Because there's a lot of stuff going on in the first five minutes. But overall, they kind of calmed down, hit their groove. And in, in an unprecedented moment, for the first time in Baron Corbin history, he did like a plancha on the outside being launched by Braun Breaker, and it was pretty clean. I was like, you go, boy. You go, Baron. I give you about 15 biscuits. There you go. And I really enjoyed the match. Trick came through, sewed in the injury, which will come into play during the main event, but slip as well. And it came down to Carmelo Hayes making the save for his boy, which led to Braun Breaker spearing Melo as Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin win the 2024 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Congrats to them. Well-deserved victory. I think they're a great tag team. I know that Braun Breaker is main roster bound. I think he can do a couple of things at the same time, working for NXT still and do some work on the main roster. But I love this team. They're so much fun. They have great chemistry, team assholes forever. But this would lead to tension with Mello and Trick heading into the main event as Mello and Trick are still Trick Mello gang with Trick asking Mello to be there for him during his match against Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. But Scott, thoughts on this opening match? Yeah, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the first match. And that's more so because I really enjoyed the chemistry of Braun and, and Baron Corbin, uh, both of them coming out on the bikes, even though, um, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to out the mud later. You don't, you don't come out with pedal bikes that you walk down the ramp after the big boys come out with real bikes, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. Um, I, I love the entrance they had. And I, I just, I, again, if, Bar- if Braun Breaker wasn't a generational talent, this is a tag team you call up to the main roster. And I, I just think you could do so much with them. They're going to get it. They should get a tag title shot at the mob 
and I, I fully expect the wolf dogs to eat the mob um, and to just have stacks laying out all over the ocean next to two nickels. So I, I look, I think that should be the move at, at least until you, you know, get them to WrestleMania weekend with the belts, let them have the titles till then. And then you can figure out what you want to do from there, have Corbin turn on them. And then you can have your call up be that way. Braun breaker day after raw spears Corbin out of his boots, but really enjoyed it. Three and a half tiers. Uh, crowd was hot for it. I would give this three and a quarter tiers. You know, I can't overlook the mistakes, but I really enjoyed the match. And I hope the wolf dogs have a longer life than you're suggesting because you're trying to put them down. I want them to survive a little while longer, Scott. I love them. I never would have thought in my wildest dreams I would love Baron Corbin like I do now. I don't want this to end. Corbin, I've been telling people Corbin's that guy for a long time. And he... Baron Corbin has been one of the best callbacks to mm-hmm. NXT they've had, period. Period. He's been one of the best. Yes, he's the best. I'm going to say it. He is the best oh, callback wow. okay. to NXT. He's been great on the mic. He's been mm-hmm. funny with Braun Breaker. Braun's personalities has come through. Think about this. Braun Breaker's personalities come through because of Baron Corbin, who I've always loved as a personality. Just never in a WWE ring, but to let him cook more organically. And I'm here for it. I love them. I enjoyed this match. And of course, Trick is working more than once tonight as he will be in the main event against Dragunov for the NXT Championship. As we get to our next match, which is a... Hardcore match, street fight, rigmarole situation involving Dijak and Joe Gacy. Now, you know how we feel about Joe Gacy on this year's program. We like the performer in the ring, Joe Gacy. As a character, he leaves a lot to be desired. Recently, he's been hiding around NXT, trying to do commentary, trying to cause trouble for Gallus. Now he's trying to pick fights with Dijak, falling into dumpsters and stuff. And Dijak, to me, is highly underrated as a performer. He always performs great in situations like this setting here. And they had a really nice hardcore match. We had Legos on a, on a table and Joe Gacy, like out of nowhere, just launched poor Dijak into that table and there you go, splat onto the Legos as well. Sixth spot, we had a trash can spot with the, the trash can over Gacy's head. And Dijak just kept kicking him down. And Gacy kept rising up, rising up. Then he would headbutt Dijak with the trash can over his head to regain the advantage. At one point, we had Gacy use duct tape to wrap around the eyes of Dijak. And... It worked to a point, but then Dijak was able to get back up, hit his feast your eyes for not a near fall because he couldn't find him. Then he had to get the duct tape out of his eyes. Gacy and him fight back and forth for a bit. And then ultimately it comes down to Dijak hitting feast your eyes again on Joe Gacy to get the win to end this very quick rivalry. It was a nice match. The fans got into the violence of it all. But once again, as a character, I do not care about Joe Gacy, but as a worker, he's very good. And Dijak is great. And I want more for him as well, because he can really go in the ring with a better storyline and feud attached to it. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot for me for this match. Um, I, again, I agree with you, Gacy. Uh, I, I enjoy him in the ring. I thought he actually had a good in-ring showing. I don't know what his character is. I, I don't know 
what his Johnny Carson wannabe self is supposed to be outside <laughs> of the ring. I have no idea what he got going on. But I will say Dijak, um, you know, a, a nice destination for him uh, or who I think would be a nice matchup for him for Stan and Deliver. Uh, I, I think Obi or Oba. Obi. Oba would be a, a nice, uh, I think him versus uh, Dijak, nice big man matchup. You know, obviously you want to give him somebody somebody big that he can work with where he's a little bit more of the underdog and can work from underneath. Oba gives him that, and he can be a little bit more of the baby face. Cause I, was Gacy the baby face here? Because I I don't know. And, and, and that little weird tarantula thing, he did the Wyatt thing except from the middle rope. What was that? I don't know, Scott. He just sat there and then still lost. I, I was real thrown off by that. Don't need to ever see that again. Uh, two tears for me. Actually, w- two Gacy squats. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I do love your specialized tears. You did that a few months ago. So you gave this two Joe Gacy squats out of five. I... <laughs> I don't know how to respond Just to saying. that. Just I can't. I, 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 when I saw it, I was like, why? My first thought was why. And then if I'm Dijak, I'm running and kicking you in the throat. I'm just going to run and kick you in the throat. Okay. I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to go three tiers, even, or, or three wow. Joe Gacy squats. It was a good brawl. It was a nice hardcore match. I appreciated the effort from both guys. You know, I felt by Dijak. And Joe Gacy, he's a very fun performer. I remember when he was, you know, teaming with Cameron Grimes, for example. He was a great babyface hot tag, even though he was a heel. So there's potential there. Just clean up the character a bit. Give me a reason to care, because the guy can go, and I can stop calling him Kevin Owens Lighting. You can just be Joe Gacy. But it was fine for what it was. Honestly, it could have been on NXT TV. But hey, they filled the time nicely. And they got 11 minutes to cook, which I appreciate. Next up is the D'Angelo family, the mob. We got Adriana Wizzo, Channing Saxler-Winzo, and Tony D'Angelo, the NXT Tag Team Champs, and the six-person mixed tag team match against Out the Mud, Lucian Price, Bronco Nima, and Jada Parker with scripts. And I'm just going to call them the Crips, because Scripps was a Crip. Why not? This match was all right. You know, there's a lot of green talent in the ring, but you know what? They held their own. Rizzo and Parker, they did decently in this match. And Bronco Nima is a star, I must say. He's very impressive. He's still green, but he's got something. And of course, the family, Tony D always stands out to me as well. And Stacks has his moments and ultimately the family won, the mob handled business, and this was also an NXT Tuesday night quality match. Yeah, the mob versus crime mob um, was a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty good match. Um, you know, scripts in them definitely were, were knocking if you buck, if you, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I, this, uh, this match was all right. I, I thought it was a choice to be as long as it was. Like, I know it wasn't like a super long match, but I thought it was a choice to be that long. Um, the ladies, I appreciate them giving them the opportunity, but I thought they were asked to do a lot. Um, and I, you know, I just, I just didn't think the match really came together. I, I thought Tony D has a nice hot tag. Stacks was in 
Stacks would go in and do a move and then just tag out. Like he he would come in and literally do one move and tag out, throw a punch and tag out. And then he would just get beat down, tag out. So it was like Tony D did a lot of work over there on the baby face side as far as carrying the match and whatnot. Uh, Jada, I think Jada's got something. Uh, she, um, she just has something where you kind of keep your eyes on her. She, she's special. Cheddar biscuits for her for sure, but <laughs> for sure. Um, but the match was fine. I, it was fine. Um, two, uh, two D'Angelo pizzas. <laughs> No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> two and D'Angelo pizza. Yeah. Two and a half D'Angelo pizza slices. For sure. For okay. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go two and a half D'Angelo meatballs. I'll be fair. <laughs> I'm I'm keeping the Italian theme. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. No it was doubt. cool. Um, I'm just very happy that I can say, "Hey, Miss Parker, Miss Parker, Miss Parker, Miss Parker, Miss Parker." Yes. <laughs> Miss Parker. Miss Parker. Hey, Miss Parker. Uh, I like I like Jada though. I do like yeah, Jada. I like her too. She has potential. I really do see that for her. And to get on TV that quick, let me tell you something. HBK, he's cooking in the developmental department because he be giving the sisters and the brothers spotlight, I must say. We'll see what he does in March, but I'm not, I'm not going to give him too much credit just yet. I'm going to see what he does. I'm going to see what he does in March. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how many how many of my, of my brothers and sisters are still going to be on TV come the month of three. Okay. Oh my gosh! Okay, we shall see because he's already tried it on day four <laughs> of Black saying. History Month. <laughs> hey, look, the brothers lost the first match of the night, so you know what I'm saying. I ain't going to give him too much credit. You feel me? I'm not going to give him too true. much credit. That is true. That is very true. We will dissect how it all ended later as we get to our next match for the NXT Women's Championship. It was Lyra Vicaria, the champion versus Roxanne Perez. Now, I will say that this was probably outside of the main event, my favorite match of the night. Because in the beginning, I love the chain wrestling. They were so clean and slick. The technique was on point. The fans were kind of trying to warm up to it. It's hard to do with two baby faces in the ring trying to work. But they were really fluid together. And they were really having a good match. And then Lola Vice comes through to cash in her breakout tournament contract. And I have to say, when Lola got in the match, the match got even better. The fans were more engaged. Lola had a nice outing. I think that was her best performance to date. She had Roxanne and Lyra on the ropes with her kick finisher. We had Wednesday Adams, Tatum Paxley trying to make the save, and then Lola kicks her in the face. <laughs> I can't help myself. Wednesday got knocked out. And we had Lyra and Roxanne trying to fight off Lola. Lola delivering kicks. They're both in the corner. And we had Roxanne at Pop Rocks on Lyra twice, two times. But then Tatum Paxley, Wednesday Adams, breaks up the pin attempt, gets her out the ring. Lola was trying to with arm bars and triangles and try to submit Lyra and Roxanne. But ultimately, Lyra hits her finisher for the win. And I thought this was a very good match. It's exceeded expectations for me when Lola got in there. It picked up the pace a bit. The crowd was more engaged. I ate the near falls as well. So all in all, I thought this was a nice showcase for the NXT women's division. I think Lyra still has a way to go in terms of projecting personality. She has the talent, obviously. Very good, but needs to project that personality a bit more as for Roxanne Perez 
elevate her to the main roster after WrestleMania. It is time. And Lola Vice, best performance to date, leaning into the MMA background, and she will be a star and future champion down the road. Made absolutely no sense for Lola to cash in middle of the match. No sense at all. Um, the match was fine. Uh, the crowd didn't really care what was going on. Like you said, it was clean, but crowd wasn't too invested. Like Roxanne went out there and hit a, a you know, a moonsault off the middle rope and the crowd was like, cool, you know, golf clap. Lola comes in, you know, throws a couple kicks and they're like, Oh snap. We got a classic on our hands. She got something there. There's, there's an engaging aura about her where you're like, all right, let me see what she got going on. Uh, you know, and, and people hear the word aura and think it has to be this this grand thing where it's, you know, it's it's so engulfing. Where sometimes it's it can be just you have a presence about you where no matter where you go, people are completely invested in what's going on. Lola got that, man. You know, like, like she absolutely has cheddar biscuits all around the table, but she has a presence to her as well. And like you said, she held her own in the ring. Just it made no sense at all, but the match felt like it took it, it picked up to a completely different level that it didn't have before that. Um, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this for the two matches combined. I'm going to give it three pop rocks. I love when you do these rankings like that <laughs> with these modified star ratings, I'm going to go three and a quarter pop rocks. I enjoyed the match. Lola Vice elevated it for me. Like she has a presence, as you said. It's not about just shaking her ass on IG. Like she's really talented. She has charisma. She obviously is well trained in the ring for a level for a level of experience. And she gave me a reason to wake up and pay attention to this match a bit more than I was before. Not it's not to say the work between Lyra and Roxanne wasn't good, but it was a matter of the fans not being into it as much because it's face versus face. And Lyra to me is still struggling as a champion in terms of just popping out her charisma, but that will come. People will figure it out. It's happened to many stars in WWE and across other companies as well. You will figure it out. Ask Tony Storm. It took her a while to figure out what character works right for her. Lyra will get there in time. I do believe that. Yeah, and and she, you know, her establishing herself as this champion is a good way to go about it. Um, you know, she's if when all else fails. She can always fall back to I, you know, I'm the one who beat Becky Lynch. I'm the one mm-hmm. who got this title back here. So don't y'all forget, she ran through this division. Well, I'm the one who stopped that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, show me the respect that I deserve. So she, there is going to come a time where she's going to have to stand 10 toes down and deliver that type of promo. She just needs to be ready to deliver. And it's going to have to come on this road to stand and deliver. Mm-hmm. And whoever her opponent's going to be could be Wednesday Adams. I don't know for sure. Ooh. It's going to be a struggle bust because Tatum's got a ways to go. Character down, though. Character is down packed. That is a bless. But the ring stuff has always been choosy, choicy for me. But if she can pull that together, she could be a star. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, I, you know, like you said, the in-ring stuff, I just don't know if she's quite there for a stand-and-deliver pay-per-view. Honestly, because it, it's not like you have a ton of options. Man, I, I might be looking at a Kiana James 
uh, yeah. for that spot there at a stand and deliver. Somebody who has proven that they can step up in big spots, big situations, and somebody who could believably win that title out of that and take that in as a big moment going forward. So I'm looking at a Kiana James as far as who could be a potential challenger for her at stand and deliver. Yeah, to me, she's probably the strongest heel they have right now that can viably go for that championship. But they book that properly heading into stand and deliver roadblock is coming up on March 5th. So there's a way to lead into that. If Kiana James is going to be the top contender for that championship. And I do also agree that if they're going to wait for Tatum Paxley, wait for like battleground or great American bash, just give her more time to get more reps, to be ready for the moment. Don't throw her in the deep end like that because you don't want to rush it. It's a good storyline. It's a callback to Mickey James and Trish Stratus back in 0506. One of my favorite rivalries culminated in the last great match at WrestleMania before the women's revolution back in 2015 and 2016. But I see what they're trying to do. Take their time with it. Do not rush it and let Tatum come along in the ring. And then when it's time, do the match. But now it is time for our semi-main event involving our new NXT North American champion, Obafemi versus Dragon Lee. And this could be Lee's final appearance to NXT as he goes back to work on SmackDown imminently. And I thought he did work on the way out against Obafemi. Obafemi has presence for days. This is a big guy that can do some pretty cool things. He's still green, but he's only going to get better. The fans dig it. And that is how you present a big guy that can do extraordinary things for his size. Dragon Lee so beautifully. He took several bumps. He was able to deliver some believable near falls, but ultimately Obafemi dropped his ass with that power bomb. One, two, three, still NXT North American champion. And the fans see what they see and they like what they see with Obafemi as NXT North American champion. I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, but I also thought this match was a perfect example of the full sale crowd, you know, kind of not being a deterrent, but giving you this impression that he's going to be like, peop- th- there wasn't this overwhelming, oh, oh, or Ooh, every time he was talking, like there is that full sale. So, I thought this was a very telling match as far as the reaction he got because he he normally gets a overwhelming reaction when he comes out at home. You know, they went on the road. It's a little bit different story. Definitely think he won the crowd over by the end. But I I do think it is very telling to see the difference of the reactions that the wrestlers get between their home crowd and the away crowd, uh, which is also going to be telling when they start going on the road more uh, when they become the face of CW. But I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. I think Oba's special. He's got everything you could ask for. I think he's got under what, 10, 15 matches, and he's, you know, Dragon Lee is obviously making the movement and, and, and doing everything he can to make Oba look great. But he, I mean, HBK is throwing these guys out to the, you know, to the wolves, and a lot of them are coming through, like, looking great and i thought oba looked great tonight dragon league it's a big part in that but oba more than did his thing um three three and a quarter oba bombs for me <laughs> i can't with you but i like it i agree i co-sign on the bombs very appropriate 
I don't know what has happened with the recruiting at the performance center for the last year or so, but they're like, Oh, how long you been training three months? You're gone on TV. But what's crazy is they're actually ready to be on TV and you can see how quick they're picking it up. And I'm like, this class that came in last year could be the class of 2021 with Braun and Mello and Trick. It's like, this is a special class. You got Opa Femi showing out. You got other people from the breakout tournament having these standout performances. Lola Vice, for example. You have all of this talent. And it's like, I don't know what's in the water, but you have people that are ready to go and they're picking up on the skill sets quickly as a wrestler. And that's good. And that's what I want to see. I don't want you to throw on that. I don't want you to throw on out there before you're ready. But if you are having some semblance of being ready, why not? Because they're picking up it. They're picking this up very fast and I'm impressed. I think a big part of that is in a lot of what they're doing is they're doing basic stuff, but adding their own flair to it. Like, Oba's not really doing much more than chops, bombs, and some backbreakers, but he's doing his own thing to it. Like when he when he hit those backbreakers, he you know he had him in in, in the uh, in the Uranagi Slam uh, setup, and then he hits him with the backbreaker, and he holds him there and looks at you for a second, kind of leans down a little bit, scoops him up again. So he's not doing nothing crazy, but when he does it, he makes sure you feel him. Uh, Dragon Lee was running running off the apron, and Oba just slapped the hell out of him, smacked him dead in his chest, and you just felt it. Nothing crazy, but he makes what is he makes his moves impactful, and they mean something. Dragon Lee hit about ten different moves, and Oba just crushed him with a big cl- a clothesline that he dropped to his knees for. Like that's how you make the moves mean something, and they're not having to do anything crazy yet, you know, while they're still getting their legs under them, while they're still getting comfortable. Like, this is a big test for him. This is a huge crowd for him to be working in front of to go from the home crowd to this crowd. That's a, and I, I thought he looked great, man. I, I thought he did his thing out there. He did. He won the crowd over, which was important because, as you said, sometimes that full sale or PC love doesn't translate to the road. And it did not at first. He didn't get that chant that you would normally get for him. But they came through in the end and said, okay, this guy is legit. He means business. He's very impressive, and he won them over, and that's what's important. When they're in Philadelphia, I expect a bigger reception. When he's in Savannah for Battleground in May, I expect an equally good reception. Just takes time for people to get to appreciate the work that he's doing. He's still very green, but for his level of experience, he's good, and he's only going to get better with more experience, and that is going to be a bless for him in the years to come. As we get to now, the main event of NXT Vengeance Day, a, a match that was scheduled for NXT New Year's Evil back in January, but was pulled due to Dragonoff's injury. But it was Ilya Dragonoff versus Trick Williams for the NXT Championship, and the fans love them some Trick Williams. As we noted it last week on The Wrap, when he came out in Miami, the fans knew who this man was, and NXT is his home. They gave him that beautiful reception as a chance to whoop that trick, and Dragonoff was the de facto heel in this match because the fans really wanted Trick to win. And about a minute or two into this match, hard way blood for both. This was a bloody match. You felt like, are you watching UFC 305 
months down the road because there was blood all in the ring. Like the mat was bloody. Trick's mouth was bloody. Dragonoff's mouth, Dragonoff's mouth was bloody. It was just a physical bruising match as expected because Dragonoff is going to put on a show and he did so once again, kneeing trick in the face, kicking trick in the face, suplexes galore, putting him through the paces. We have Mello being the cheerleader at ringside trying to root his friend on. And I said to myself, trick, the biggest mistake you could possibly make was say, I need my friend out there. I need my brother out there to support me. I said, trick. The biggest mistake you would ever make was say, come on, Melo, I need you tonight. Lies. So throughout this match, we had some miscommunication, okay? First off, we had Trick accidentally run into Trick at one point. Then we had Melo accidentally chop blocking Trick from behind. And Trick is able to fight back. He's able to deliver his clotheslines, his, his kick, and the knee strike, the signature knee. For the win, there's like a 10 count by the fans. It's over, but the referee's knocked out. Mello's knocked out. Referee number two comes out there and Dragonoff kicks out and the fans are going crazy. We got Trick hitting the first 48 on Dragonoff for a near fall and an H-bomb as well. We got Dragonoff hitting an H-bomb on Trick as well, going for the Torpedo Moscow and it misses, but it comes down to once again, both guys going for their finisher. We have Mello being the cheerleader. We got Trick taking out, taking the ponytail down. Dreads just hanging down, going for my knee strike. And then we have Dragonoff in position for the Torpedo Moscow. They hit the moves at the same time, but, but the Torpedo Moscow hits Trick first and he pins Trick to retain the NXT Championship. And the crowd is very sad by this outcome as Dragonoff retains the NXT Championship. So once the match is over, we have Dragonoff take his leave as champion and we have Mello and Trick in the ring. And Mello's being a supporter friend saying, we got this Trick Mello gang forever. I got you, bro. I love you. Then we get the NXT trademark color splash on the corner of the screen. And when you see that, you immediately think about Ciampa and Gargano many moons ago. Because when that trademark flashed, you think the show's over. So we get our trademark splash on the screen and fades away. But the show is not over. So as Mello says, you my friend, love you. The one thing Trick does that you should never do is turn your back on anybody. He did so, and Mello finally did the thing. He chop blocked his now former best friend. And these fans booed the hell out of Carmelo Hayes. He finally turned on Trick. He grabbed a steel chair, and he repeatedly smashed the knee of Trick Williams the left knee that was injured during the first match when he was fighting for the Dusty Cup. Hit him in the knee repeatedly with that steel chair. I thought at one point he was going to pulmonize the knee, but refused to do so. Sat down to talk shit, beat him up some more with the steel chair, and he finally put the Trick Mello Gang t-shirt on Trick and told him, I am him. And the fans, they were a little conflicted as to how much they hate Mello. So... One side of the crowd says, fuck you, Mello. And then the other crowd says, Mello sucks. And then he said, you can kiss my ass. 
I blame all of you. You did this, you, you, and you. And now we can expect promos of a lifetime as you get ready for Trick Mellow at Stand and Deliver. Um, hmm. Doesn't make any sense to me as far as why he chose now to, you know, reveal himself to, 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 to go after the chop block and all that just doesn't make sense. Um, well, I guess we'll find out more on Tuesday, but he decided to wait until after, after the loss and all that stuff. I just, come on, man. It's for the match goes. I, I, I give it, I'm going to give it three and three quarter torpedoes. Um, almost got the four, but uh, yeah, three and three quarters. Just the the physicality was on a whole nother level. It looked like Apollo Creed in the Russian fighting in Rocky Four. Uh, just a lot of bloodshed going on. I was waiting on Carmelo to throw in the white towel at one point, but and, and, again, Melo does a lot of the basics really well, and he just adds his own flair to it. At one point, his mouth was completely bloody, and he's just hulking up, ah, hulking up while he's pulling uh, while uh, Ila had the had his arm, his arms wrapped around to get ready to German him, and he's hulking up, and just a great sight to see. But as far as the turn goes, I mean, what does this mean? Is Melo not going to finish his story? I mean, his story is winning the NXT title. He is definitely the chosen one. No one else should be winning that title next except Melo. His, he's destined for, or I'm sorry, Trick Williams. He's destined for Carmelo Hayes. What happens with the title? What do you do with Ilya? He's in the middle of all this because he's got the title. What do you do with that? You know, you got Melo and, and and Trick Williams walking up to SmackDown. They're up there sometimes. Like, there's just a lot of moving pieces right now. Um, but I what I'm I guess what I'm realizing is Trick Williams isn't finishing his story this year either. The story is on pause, but I predicted this. I figured that Trick was not going to win the championship and New Year's Evil. He wasn't going to win a stand and deliver. This was going to be a blood feud robbery with Mello. And I understand it. Trick's time will come, just not right now. It wasn't preordained. It had to be the show or it had to be stand and deliver. It will be sometime before the end of this year, I do believe. But I do know for a fact that this is probably was going to be the plan. Mellow Trick, stand and deliver, blood feud robbery going down in Philadelphia at probably 1.30 in the afternoon after that 11.30 a.m. start time. But I'm fine with it. As for Ilya Dragunov, I do not know who his opponent is going to be for stand and deliver. I'm going to be brazen and say something outlandish, Uh insane, and crazy. If it is to be believed that the Okada sweepstakes are still alive and well, and I know people are going to say, how dare he debut at NXT? Well, I go back to what Kelly Kincaid said about, oh, this is going to be the hottest selling NXT event ever going down in Philly. It's going to be awesome. I would tell you this. Wouldn't it be interesting if Dragunov's opponent is Okada and those tickets just magically start moving like Shinsuke moved tickets in Dallas during WrestleMania weekend back in 2016. That is the only play that makes conceivable sense to me. He does a one shot down there for that match and we'll see where it goes. Is it brazen? Yes. But we're talking about the C-dub. 
you know, the C-dub needs a, a draw, you know, so I don't know. Is it crazy? Perhaps. But I don't see anyone else on this roster that could give Dragunov a run besides Okada if WWE lands him. I think it's mad disrespectful to ask Okada to work at 1130 a.m. <laughs> you know, I, 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 think it's, I think it's mad disrespectful to ask that man for his first match to be at 11. Eleven thirty. What you mean eleven? What you mean eleven thirty? What are we doing at eleven thirty? Um, I think that match would be incredible. It would definitely be Shinsuke Sammy levels. Um, I just I don't know if Okada. I I'm I'm for it. I'm one hundred percent for it. I hope it happens. I had I was also going a bit outlandish. Um, somebody who has not been around for a while and. Doesn't really seem like he's going to have any WrestleMania plans. So maybe he could have some NXT plans and go after the NXT title. I wouldn't mind if Sheamus came down and uh, had a little exchange with Ilya for that title at Stand and Deliver. Popped in my head at the same time as you was going there. And that would actually be freaking awesome too. That would be like one of the best matches period for the weekend. So I like that idea too, because I'm trying to think like who on NXT could conceivably compete oh, with Dragonoff. Nobody. There's nobody. nobody. So you got to go outside. You can get Sheamus. I'm down for that. That would be a classic or the outlandish pie in the sky option of, of, of Okada coming down to do this. It will be a classic match. It'll be the main event It'll move tickets automatically. It'll be a hot ticket that weekend in Philadelphia, setting the tone for WrestleMania weekend. So either option works for me. There's nothing else I can see them do in terms of finding an, a star that can give Dragunov that match. There's only two options here. One is crazy as hell, and the other one is more plausible. Yeah, and, you know, because unless you do a multi-man match with Trick, Mello, and Ilya, um, which has kind of, I mean, that has been the thread throughout this entire thing has been those three in that title. So you could do it like that, but then you could potentially have a, a triple threat for your NXT title, a triple threat for your WWE title. You don't want to triple threat everybody out. And uh, I, I think Mello and Trick Williams 100% deserves that one-on-one spotlight. Now, if they want to get wild and somehow get the title off of Dragon off and put it on one on. It would need to be mellow at that point, but I just don't think you would do that. So, I, yeah, I, like you said, nobody on NXT is is built up enough to go after drag or to go after Dragonoff. Nobody, nobody's even close. So you, you got to go outside. You got to bring somebody in, and, and they this is what they've done before. So it's not like it's anything new. They've brought people in around this time of year anyway. So um, I, I would like to see Sheamus come back. I think he's. Just a guy who's not doing much, and he, that physicality, man, I could definitely see him busting open Dragonoff's mouth like he like Rick Williams did tonight. But Okada would be special. That would be something, and it would piss off a lot of people. <laughs> it would. As the 2024 sweepstakes continue, you know, it would not shock me, but we do believe that there's going to be an outside force raising Dragonoff and Santa Deliver. We don't doubt that for a second. As Jeremy has some breaking news potentially, so Julia might be. The intended NXT next signee with that three faces promo we saw for Vengeance Day. 
Well, I can tell you what, the women definitely need a, a boost of a a veteran presence of somebody mm-hmm. who can who can go, who can hold their own, who can lead, who can, you know, be on TV, be counted on to have a good match with all of these women. And honestly, if you're going to keep Roxanne there, which is a crime in and of itself, but if you're going to keep her there, you need somebody new to work with. Like, so I, I'm, I'm all for that. Cause I think that's the one thing NXT usually did a really good job of, of keeping the veterans and the rookies mixed in, not rookies, but the, the veterans and the younger wrestlers mixed in. I think there's just a, a large influx of larger wrestlers and you're losing some of your quote unquote veterans. Like, it's just crazy to say like, Tiffany Stratton was a veteran down in NXT at this point. Like she had been doing it for years while some of them haven't been and she's gone. So it's like, you're losing the people who have been there and, been, and you have been relying on, on TV. So you need some of those presents. So I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. It's crazy to say that Tiffany Stratton's a vet on NXT and she got elevated and she did. Congrats mm-hmm. to her. It's come a long way has ways to go, but now the dream has come a reality that she's going to be able to work on the road and get better faster. And that is going to help her for many years to come in WWE. Very happy for her. And Julia will be a great asset to NXT as well to start out and then ultimately make that transition to the main roster as well. Need some experienced vets on NXT because the talent pool is still very young. And Roxanne is probably outside of Lyra, the most seasoned star there, not named Blair Davenport ultimately. And with that, This wraps up NXT Vengeance Day. I thought it was a very solid NXT PLE. Not as strong as Deadline, but still a very nice way to spend a Sunday night as we begin that road to stand and deliver. So, Scott, on your tier scale from 1 to 10, what is your final tier score for tonight's show? Uh, I'm going to give it six tiers. It was just, it was fine. Like that, that middle of the show was just fine. Um, I really enjoyed the over match, um, but it was fine. So six tiers for me. And, you know, I just thought about something. This show is two and a half hours. So the two and a half kind of explains why they're starting at 1130, I guess. So I'm expecting another two and a half hour show for stand and deliver. So that'll put us at two o'clock. And then That's what's that? What what, what, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. That, that's, that's spot on. It's just the 1130 thing, man. It's, it's, <laughs> It's so weird. weird. It's just so weird and random, but I guess that's why they're doing it two and a half hour show because it was a tight two and a half hours, but uh, six tiers. Six tiers. You know, I felt like in some ways it was a glorified Tuesday night show and you had some bonus matches for this PLE. And I would give this six and a half tiers out of 10. It was a solid show. I enjoyed the opener despite the chaotic nature of it. I thought the women's championship match over-delivered. The main event was very strong. The turn by Mello was expected. And Obafemi is going to be a star. And I see a lot of up-and-coming talent is going to be something and somebody on NXT in the next couple of years. I like to see the future shine. And we saw that in a good way last night. And just building up to stand and deliver which will probably be their most successful show to date. And if they get a prime well on their show to main event, it will be. Hey, you know, if you, you, if you get Okada and um, you know, some other new faces to show up and you get a couple main roster people to show up. I mean, I, I don't see why not. You know, if you, if you, if you're able to convince all these people to come work at 1130, 
you could have a special show. Eleven thirty in the morning after the Hall of Fame ceremony, and they're all tired and they're just dragging their asses out of bed and they're on coffee and nothing more. And they're just saying, let's just do this. It's a big ask. We'll see how it goes. But 1130 is unnatural to start a wrestling show. It is unnatural. Let me tell you. It's like getting up at 430 to watch Elimination Chamber in Perth in a couple of weeks. I will not be awake for that. I'll be watching on a delay. But I will drag my ass out of bed on a Saturday morning to watch Stand and Deliver. I'll be ready to go at 11 o'clock. <laughs> the last 30 minutes for our pre-show apparently so let's do that which starts at 11 that which starts at 10 20 most likely but we'll, we'll see how they go with the timing but with that this wraps up a very eventful episode of the wrap right here on the fucking media network on youtube i hope you guys enjoyed this special live episode we did for you to kick off a brand new week in wwe it's going to be very busy we're going to do another show Next week, as we dive into some more headline stories and what's going down across Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, I want to thank my co-captain Scott Young for joining me with his perky self to dissect all the highs and lows from SmackDown on Friday and NXT Vengeance Day. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I enjoy the Vengeance Day pay-per-view or the PLE. Uh, look forward to... The road to stand in the liver and uh, figuring out what I'm going to do for 30 minutes as I get up at 11 and wait for the 1130 start time of the biggest show in NXT history. Walker HBK, you crazy man. You crazy, insane person. Change your mind before it's too late. Let's do this at a, at a, at a, at a respectable and comfortable 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Can we do that? That's a bit late. I'd rather do it at 10. You mean at 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it out the way. Let me me get that out the way while I'm having breakfast. Do we dare do a brunch live episode of The Wrap after the show? And then (laughs) then we'll come back for WrestleMania night one and we'll just dive into everything. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if we do a brunch live after... You, we, we're going to be doing a live feeding of the kids. <laughs> wow. 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 The show, which y'all, y'all want some, I got you. Hold on. Let me go get it. Yeah. And you know, I thought the match was real. Put that down. I thought the match was real good. That's real good. That's what you're going to get. Actually, we need that. We need the rap with Scott and his kids <laughs> as we dissect everything regarding stand and deliver. We need that. So we need like his kids offering analysis. Like little Roman, will he say, What would Dragonoff and Okada do? He'll say, Five Fruit Loops out of five. If it was Cody, then my oldest would be all for it. He actually was watching today. And he said, is Cody wrestling? I said, nah, not tonight. I said, oh, well, guess I'm not watching tonight either. Then. Wow. He, <laughs> so. he, he wants Cody too. I love it. It's either Cody or John Cena. Those are his guys. So Aww. Cody's got to finish the story or I'm not letting them watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's too traumatizing. Hopefully Cody will finish yeah. the story, but we'll talk about it next week right here on the Fake Media Network back on the podcast feed, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can listen the audio version of this episode as well at your leisure. But until next week, that's this week for WWE for myself and for Perky Scott Young. That's a wrap for NXT Vengeance Day 2024. Until next week, take care and bye-bye. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.